Welcome into another new Buff Stampede Radio. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Matt McQueen, who was part of the six-member panel that recently met with the CU Board of Regents about health and wellness of student-athletes. Of course, head injuries in football and sports in general has been a growing topic of discussion the last decade plus, and there's no one better to talk to on the subject than Matt, who is the director of the Pac-12 Concussion Coordinating Unit. Matt, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, and uh, great to be here. First off, Matt, I want to give folks a little background on you. You earned your bachelor's degree with great distinction at CU in 1996, went on to earn postgraduate degrees at Washington and Harvard, returned to Boulder in 2006 as a professor in the Department of Psychology, and you've earned four awards here in the last decade, including an Excellence in Leadership and Service Award last year. Walk us through your focus during your education, what brought you back here to CU 14 years ago, and how your role has changed over your time here at the university. Yeah, um, so you know, graduated uh, in the in the mid '90s from from CU, so uh, Boulder and and this campus and and system was near and dear to my heart. Um, and uh, when I left uh, CU Boulder um, in uh, roughly '96, um, I thought I was heading to to medical school, but then really. Uh, kind of developed a passion for public health and, um, and more more specifically research involving uh, public health outcomes. Uh, ended up uh, spending some time um, in Kenya uh, with then my uh, girlfriend, who now is my my wife, who also graduated from CU. Uh, we came back from that experience, which was about four months in '97. And uh, she went on to nursing school, and I went into uh, school of public health at, at University of Washington for a master's degree. Uh, that's where I really got excited about epidemiology and, and biostatistics. Um, I stuck around at Washington for uh, a little bit and uh, worked at the um, National Alzheimer's Coordinating Center, so I've had some interest in generally in, in neurodegenerative disease and brain health. Uh, and that's when I then uh, jumped over to Boston uh, to, to attend Harvard School of Public Health to, for my doctorate in epidemiology. Um, and while I was there, a position opened up back here at CU Boulder that, that seemed to fit my skill set. And so uh, we were happily moved back to, uh, back to Boulder. Awesome. When did you start researching head injuries? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a you know, been a bit of an evolution in, in the process. And again, as, as I think everybody knows, um, head injuries, uh, while uh, not certainly not new, uh, head injuries within sports certainly aren't new. This has been studied going back to the 1920s in, in boxers. Uh, when I was doing some work uh, on Alzheimer's disease, we were working on both genetic and non-genetic risk factors for Alzheimer's disease. And one of those non-genetic risk factors seems to be uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, so, uh, again, the, the interest has always been there, kind of bubbling under the surface. And then more recently, um, uh, co- coinciding with the PAC-12's interest in student-athlete health and, and well-being, which also aligned with, again, the NC, uh, uh, NCAA's uh, and Department of Defense uh, CARE project, um, opportunity came up that we applied for to become the coordinating unit uh, for uh, the Pac-12's concussion project, which, again, overlaps with what the NCAA is up to. So um, 
as an epidemiologist, which again, we study, you know, uh, large data sets um, and in human populations, um, you know, one of the things that we do is we, we, we have a skill set that can translate pretty much between uh, different diseases and disorders. And so we work with clinicians on, on how to frame the, the clinical aspect of this, but a lot of the research and study design uh, is kind of where our expertise lies. How do you go about your research with the PAC-12, and how collaborative is that? What, what's the ultimate objective? Yeah, um, so the PAC-12, and, and again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I mean, this, this is a, this conference um, from the chancellors and presidents on down uh, to the athletic directors and, and then a lot of the trainers that work in this space at each school. Uh, I think it's, it's impossible to deny at this point that it's an incredibly innovative conference in, in this regard. Um, they established and set aside funds to uh, committed to student athlete health and, and well and well being and, and wellness, um, and they did this again. They they set this up a few years ago, really on the heels of the formation of the conference when it became the Pac-12. Um, and so it's just it's a remarkably you know in this sort of really you know obviously you know Power Five, big time athletics conference, conference of champions. Highly competitive, um, getting you know uh, physicians, uh, clinical providers, uh, researchers, athletic trainers, everyone together in a room uh, with a common goal and common vision towards student athlete health and well-being. I mean, it's just amazing, um, and this is something that is does not happen everywhere. So far, you know, from what we can tell, there's there's been some alliances and partnerships within conferences and between conferences, but as far as the organization. And structure and um, influence that the Pac-12 has had on its own institutions and, and getting involved has been has just been amazing. How many people are involved with both the public health certificate program here at CU and on the Pac-12 concussion coordinating unit? Yeah, so the the public health certificate program is something that started uh, I think four or five years ago, um, and again that was out of um, really my own experience of graduating. Uh, from CU Boulder, uh, really not even knowing what public health was. You know, I sort of, if you're in this field, you were thinking, oh, I was going to go into medical school or or be a neuroscience researcher and, and really understanding there's this huge area um, with public health. And so uh, we started this the certificate program a few years ago. I currently direct it, was the founding director. Um, and, I, you know, we're, we're well over 500 students now enrolled uh, in that program, um, and again, these are students that um, are, are going off to to medical school. They're going off to schools, of public health, to to get their master's degrees or, or PhDs. Um, so it's been it's been wonderfully successful. It's been a really uh, kind of a baby project of mine here that it, I I just have been thrilled to see grow on this campus. And student feedback has been uh, amazing as well. Um, so again, that's how you know our our overall um, you know objective with this right is to expose students to you know broader public health issues and you know fortunately and unfortunately there's always uh, new material and new content that we can cover whether it's um, measles outbreaks uh, you know currently going on uh, Ebola uh, that that's you know we're having difficulty getting under control in, in areas where there's military conflict. Um, and also, right, uh, what's become a very big public health issue now is, is I think, in the minds of everyone, is our, the, the impact of, um, of uh, TBIs and, and concussions on, you know, everyone from, you know, their 
grandparents concerned for grandchildren, parents concerned for their children, and and individuals themselves concerned about their own experiences in the past. Um, and so again, uh, it's uh, it's been you know that's kind of how public health rolls, right? We 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 will adopt uh, you know whenever there's a new problem that emerges that needs uh, attention. Going in, I, I would imagine you had some preconceived notions about head injuries. What surprised you have as you've dedicated so much time to researching the topic? You know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I went in fairly informed, but, um, you know, even that, that being said, what I was really surprised about when I really started to talk to clinicians around the PAC-12 uh, and nationally, really, about head injury is, you know, how we, we can, you know, how to even define clinically a concussion. Uh, the team physician uh, here, uh, Dr. Uh, Sharav Podar, um, you know, he's, he's quipped uh, during talks that, that um, you know, when you, if you've seen one concussion, you've seen one concussion. And I really am, am starting to understand that from a research perspective that it is really difficult to say, you know, hey, here are the symptoms of a concussion, X, Y, or Z. Uh, if you have these symptoms, you have a concussion. If you do not, you do not have a concussion. Um, and, you know, we, we just know so little about what a concussion is and how it presents and manifests and how long it takes to recover from and, and you know, who might be most vulnerable from uh, sustaining a concussion, but also who's most vulnerable for prolonged recovery. And these are things that are typically in most, you know, uh, disorders or diseases that we study. These are things that, you know, kind of in the, in the natural history spectrum are things that we have a good understanding on or a good handle on. But we're just now learning uh, all these issues with, with uh, concussion that we've not learned before. When did you know that you were going to be part of the panel led by Athletic Director Rick George that would meet in front of the CU Board of Regents? Yeah, I, um, that was, it was following, and I can't remember the exact dates, but January, February, there were some discussions at the, at the Regent meeting um, that uh, the Regents had suggested that during Boulder's presentation, uh, CU Boulder campus's presentation, that they, um, that, that, the, the campus address us, you know, generally student athlete health and welfare. Um, and so I, I got early warning of it probably, I think, you know, maybe March or, or February. Um, before then, it, it started to, to ramp up towards a more formal uh, panel presentation. Eric McCarty, who CU football fans are familiar with, was also on the panel. How, how did you feel like that meeting with the regions went? I thought it went well. I mean, I, you know, again, I, when, you, when you work um, – on health, you know, issues related to health. It's a very sensitive, you know, area. Um, a lot of controversies can come up. And again, we've, we've, we've gone through quite a few. We've got, you know, uh, different attitudes and perspectives on, on vaccinations and um, how best to control or, you know, influence uh, individuals from uh, participating in certain behaviors and all that kind of stuff. So we, we you know, knowing this is a, a hot, sensitive topic, right? Um, you know, you can't expect everyone to just, you know, adopt the same maybe perspective that you have. Um, so we were, you know, we were we were prepared, um, you know, knowing that, uh, I mean, really, as a, as a, you know, epidemiologist and scientist, you know, you just have to kind of stick to what you know. Um, I'm not a politician, thankfully, <laughs> uh, nor do I, you know, really have any aspirations to be. Uh, but we owe it to the, you know, from my perspective and, and Dr. Hernandez, who's also on the panel, who was in psychology and neuroscience, who's been studying brain trauma for, for quite some time. 
um, you know, we're, we're, we're deep in the literature and the research. And, and so, you know, we know what we know and, and we are not, you know, afraid to, to state where things kind of get a little, little less comfortable in terms of our knowledge about, you know, what we do know. In your opinion, how much progress has been made specifically in football when it comes to head injuries and player safety in the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the interesting thing. I, you know, I, I, don't, I think we're really living through an era uh, where player safety, and this is in part due to um, the leadership team at the NCAA, uh, in the Sports Science uh, Institute there, um, we are, you know, mo- most of the new rule changes that are coming into play, I think, you know, this is no longer, well, we want the game to go faster or we want the game, you know, so many of these rule changes coming down, both in the NFL but also in, in uh, NCAA, are focused on uh, player safety and welfare. And so, you know, the, the kickoff rule changes that occurred uh, last year in the NFL – uh, you know, it seems like it's it's not a settled issue. They're gonna. This is probably people have speculated. Well, this could be the beginning of the end of kickoffs. Um, the targeting penalty, for example, in the NCAA, some people, you know, I think the how it's um, how how those how those calls are are made and and the consistency of the calls may come into question. But but certainly, what's not under question is. You know the rule is intended to to protect uh, players, um, and again, you know, I, I think we'll start to see. I don't know if we'll see it yet, but we'll start to see a reduction in uh, concussions uh, over the course of the next couple of years as as these rules, especially with the one for targeting and disqualification, uh, start to take shape and and really tr- you know coaching and. Uh, training that goes down to high school level that just you can't do that you're going to hurt the team um, it may be unfair you may not like it or it may not be you know old school football but that's the reality uh, you can't make those types of hits um, and uh, you know so again it, it's one of these things where I think you know at least in in terms of football American football um, the rule changes that in the, of late have been incredibly focused on the the player safety you mentioned old school football there was no concussion protocol back in the day. Does, does it make you cringe when you, you think to way the, the way the game used to be played? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, and again, you know, it's like many things, right? I mean, I, you talk to Dr. McCarty about how they used to treat, uh, you know, ACL tears, you know, even 10 years ago, let alone 15, 20, you know, 30 years ago. Um, I mean, we've just we've learned so much uh, in terms of how to care uh, for an injured athlete on, on a variety of fronts. Um, and the, and the quote unquote concussion protocol, we really have, you know, started to understand that, you know, way back, you know, they would say, okay, how many fingers am I holding up? Uh, and if you can count two fingers, you know, with somebody holding up, a, you know, those two fingers, you're, you're back in the game. I mean, that, that is, you know, unheard of now. And I think those are incredible positives that, um, you know, not only the rule changes, but then just the care, and the awareness have been is so much higher, and it's you know I, I really I've, I've told the the team docs that I you know I do not envy their position. I mean, you know they've got every hit at, with every angle on TV now, and so uh, they can't even see what what people sitting at home can see in terms of the type of impact, and um, you know, but so they but they've got to be quick to you know uh, respond to an athlete that may be symptomatic following a hit. During the recent Board of Regents meeting, you pointed out that over 60% of the concussions you see through the general student body are not sports-related. You also pointed out there's a higher concussion rate seen in women's athletics compared to men's sports. 
in football, you can improve tackling, you can improve equipment. How challenging is it to improve player safety in other sports? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you think about the sports that, um, you know, where, where the use of the head uh, is a legal, uh, you know, essentially within legal play. Um, there's a lot of sports that if you, you know, if your head is, is coming into contact, um, you know, with, with the ground or something like that, right, that's sort of maybe an accident or, or not intended to happen. Uh, football and soccer, obviously two sports where, you know, the use of the head is, is you know, part of legal play. Um, so, you know, as you said, you can make, you know, you can work on certain tackling techniques that gets the head out of the way. Um, you know, there's, there's different strategies within youth sports to, to work on minimizing the impact of the head, especially with both soccer and, and, and football. Um, but again, you know, uh, accidents happen. You've got, you've got big athletic individuals, men and women, uh, competing against each other at a very high level. Um, you know, you're playing basketball, you're going to, you're going to fall down. You might take an elbow, uh, to the head. Uh, the, you know, I'm sure you've seen competitive, you know, uh, division one, uh, volleyball in this conference, um, that, that ball's moving pretty quickly, uh, over the net. Um, and so it just, you know, there's a certain level of risk. And again, to your point about that, I, that I made about, um, you know, 60% of concussions are non-sport related on this campus. Now that's the general student body. That's not the, the student athletes. Uh, but the reality is right that, that human beings, you know, if you're, if you're being reasonably active, uh, you're going to end up, uh, at risk of, of bumping your head, whether that's, uh, you know, more serious things like motor vehicle accidents or cycling accidents, but again, we live in you know Colorado, where um, you know where much of the country looks at us as sort of having this you know extreme extreme sport culture. Um, but again, if you fall down, you know uh, skiing or snowboarding, or you know uh, lose a, a, a climbing hold on a on a face of a rock, right, uh, the likelihood of hitting your head could be you know quite quite high. CU Regent Linda Shoemaker has made it her mission to attack football, citing safety concerns. I made the example that every time she gets in a car, she accepts some type of risk. But in her mind, the benefit outweighs the risk. As you said, if you're going to be active, which is important as a human being to stay active, there is some risk involved in that. Is it frustrating at all to see somebody in her position? You mentioned you're not in politics, but that she just focused strictly on safety in football and kind of turns a blind eye when it comes to other sports and just head injuries in, in general and kind of focuses it all on football. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, to an extent, uh, you know, I understand, you know, she probably represents um, a fairly sizable proportion of the population that, um, you know, if, if you read uh, the popular press on this issue uh, and a lot of the, you know, to be fair, a lot of the early studies that have come out, especially surrounding uh, CTE, uh, have been focused on American football, uh, former American football players. Um, and so I, you know, I, I don't necessarily blame her for, um, you know, that, that particular perspective, uh, you know, as from a research perspective and a, and a, you know, kind of scientific perspective, I think, you know, whenever there's more awareness drawn to an issue, I, we, we generally appreciate that. Um, because again, it, it, it raises the public awareness, um, this issue seems to be incredibly polarizing, and I, I, I've not fully understood why. Um, and there is, there does seem to be a hesitancy to accept that, um, you know, if we're going to look at this comprehensively, we cannot just focus on on American football. We have to focus also. We have to, you know, in, include. You know, we can't make the same mistakes and only focus on a, 
you know, male uh, dominated sport, but open it up to, to sport that, you know, millions of women around the world play, which is, you know, obviously soccer, what we call soccer. Um, and some researchers have said that's the that's really the, the biggest global kind of public health concern is is soccer because so many people around the world play the the game of soccer that um you know just by those the sheer numbers that that participate in that sport there's going to be you know more higher incidence of concussions in those in that in that type of uh, sport based off what you said earlier it sounds like cu and the pac-12 is really on the cutting edge when it comes to student athlete health and wellness yeah absolutely no i mean there's there's no question i think um, you know, uh, associate athletic director uh, Miguel Arrueta, who who has was one of a handful of folks in the Pac-12 that that came up with this idea that says, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if the Pac-12 looked at this, you know, really formally established the infrastructure and resources to study this, um, and more specifically uh, here at Colorado, we we've been fortunate enough to receive funding from the Pac-12. Um, and you know, to, to study some of these things that have now been leveraged, as as you know, to the to the broader um, you know NCAA care project, which now the Pac-12 has joined as a, as a conference rather than just as a specific school, uh, for which the Colorado site, which is us, have have uh, are now coordinating the uh, the entire Pac-12. So I, I think you know you look around the country, um, there there are not many other institutions. Uh, that have this. I mean, you know, there, we we have some peers in this space, of course, but um, I think at this point we we're doing quite a bit uh, to to advance the the knowledge in this field. You mentioned the rules changes in football. Rich George at that meeting with the Regents pointed out there have been 35 rule changes in the last five years geared toward player safety. If you could snap your finger and change something in football, whether it be rules, equipment, what would it be? What, what can still be done? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think I think the, the the slow and steady you know march of rule changes uh, will be important, but not just rule changes, but then um, which is you know what, what's so great about what we've got going in the Pac-12 is we can you know very relatively quickly assess whether the rule change had the intended uh, impact on the on the game. Uh, so what I mean by that, if there's a rule change that okay now. You know, uh, there's going to be this change in the kickoff, for example. Uh, we can then study uh, concussions that occur or all injuries that occur across the Pac-12 throughout a season before and after a rule change was impl- implemented. So I think taking an evidence-based approach, I think, is 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 absolutely, uh, you know, one thing that I'm really hoping uh that that continues um as far as any single you know given change that that we could see happen i mean there's been um substantial reduction in in contact during the week for example during practices uh when i say contact i don't mean between coach and player but actual physical contact uh one player hitting another player um which has reduced and again this is that's in in kind of response to the concerns about it's the repetitive head, head impacts not the concussions um, and so there's a reduction in the repetitive impacts a student uh, athlete will experience over their career at, at uh, Colorado or any other school. Um, tackling technique, I do think there are some things that, that can be addressed with tackling technique that are being addressed. I mean, uh, some have called it the, uh, you know, I've heard it, every, you know, uh, the Seahawk, you know, mm-hmm. method or, you know, uh, what Pete Carroll does up at Seattle or what uh, Nick Saban's been doing. And, and uh, read an article. I don't know much more about it. it that uh, Texas high schools have now adopted um, a similar approach, where they're, they're they're going for more of the rugby style tackling, 
Um, and again, you know, which is a it's just a difference, you know, in terms of uh, technique uh, that doesn't really have a rule change or penalty associated with it, but doesn't appear to have any impact on the effectiveness of the tackle. Um, but it allows the player to maybe, you know, uh, get their head out of the way uh, during contact. What are your hopes, your goals going forward in your role and with your research? Um, so I, I share the same common goal with the Pac-12 and also the NCAA, Dr. Brian Hainline, who's been kind of you know on top of all of this from, from the NCAA level, uh, and uh, Colonel Dallas Hack, who's, who represents the, um, uh, the Department of Defense. They are really looking for um, you know a, a nationwide kind of you know culture change within institutions that I see occurring in the Pac-12 um, and certainly within Colorado, where um, you know this is the, the awareness, um, uh, raising the level of the awareness, putting an emphasis on student athlete health and well-being, which again I think the Pac-12 does a great job of, and and again I think you go to any institution they, they're going to have that priority, of course. But it's just kind of opening it up and, and saying, you know, this is an important issue. This is important to parents. It's important to players. It's important to, you know, grandparents. Um, uh, you know, we, we, need to, we need to treat this seriously, take it seriously, and, and provide the best care that we've got or uh, we know about for, for these athletes. Matt, I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you for taking the time out to talk with us. I think that gave some good insight into your research and what the Pac-12 and CU are doing specifically in the area. Hey, thanks very much. Pl- pleasure talking with you. All right, and thanks to all of you for tuning in to this special Buff Stampede Radio.